Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Are you truly delighted by your reflection, or do you try to avoid looking in mirrors? Do you wish you had a knack for putting together wonderful outfits rather than resorting to the same old thing every day because you don't know what else to wear? One of the most stressful parts of your day is getting dressed. Then it's time to change. Getting dressed should not stress you out or feel like a burden. It should be easy. If you're thinking about any of this and you want, you definitely want to speak to my guest today, Ginger Burr, who has been helping women over 40 transform their lives and build their confidence through their wardrobe and personal style. Welcome, Ginger. Oh, thanks so much, Anne. I'm delighted to be here. So in the last podcast, we talked briefly about color. Um, What I'd like to start with is how did you discover your style and when did you decide to become an image consultant? (laughs) Well, I have to say it's not something that I grew up thinking, oh, I want to be an image consultant, partly because no one even knew what image consulting was. Even when I became one, it was, you know, people thought I designed logos or something. And um, I, I got into it because I struggled a lot with my image, my wardrobe, you know, how I felt good in my clothes for many years, like all the way through my teens and my 20s, which you would think that someone who becomes an image consultant would have been, you know, born knowing how to pull herself together and everybody else together. And that was not me. I had to learn everything that I teach my clients now. I had to learn myself. The thing was that I picked it up really quickly and I loved it. So that's where I felt like I could help to go empower other women in the way that I had felt empowered. But I had struggled a lot. I remember looking at friends. I I was very involved when I was in my 20s in the folk dancing crowd. And I would look at these women who just, they were so free spirited and laid back. And, you know, they had these lovely you know, easy, simple outfits on. I thought, oh, I'll wear that. And I would put it on and I I felt ridiculous in it. I don't know what other people thought about how I looked, but I, it didn't feel like me. And, but I didn't know what to do that was different. I didn't know how to make it me. I didn't know what was off. And so I was just about turned 30 when I met a woman who create, had a three-day workshop called Fashion, Color, and Image. And I thought, that sounds good. I wasn't thinking about a business. I was just going there to, you know, try to help me. And I was so enthralled by this woman. She was glamorous. She was kind. She was smart. She was creative. She knew all the things I wanted to know. And so uh, after the workshop and I practiced things a little bit, I I basically begged her to mentor me because I knew I could, I knew I could learn this all really quickly. And I knew I wanted to help other women feel as good as I felt as I was learning, you know, how to pull myself together in a way that felt like me. What are you finding 
with women over 40. Uh, what, what are they looking for? How are they changing their dress style to match what their current, their current lifestyle? Yes, that's, you know, we've, there's so much that's changing now when we've had the pandemic and, and anyone who's over, you know, 40 or 50 or beyond sometime in all of that, things change. Either your lifestyle changes, your body changes. Uh, people during the pandemic, they've gained weight, lost weight, or their bodies have just shifted. I've had so many women say, you know, I haven't gained an ounce, but something's just moved around here. And now my clothes that used to work on me, they're not fitting right. They don't look the same. And when that happens, it can be very discouraging or frustrating or overwhelming because they don't know what to do next. And, and also what's happened is I've, I've worked with a lot of women who, you know, were in jobs that required them to be a little more formally dressed. And now they're either working from home or maybe they've retired or they building their own business instead. And what they were wearing doesn't fit their needs anymore. And so part of the reason that I work with women over four, I mean, I, I have some women who are younger who come in, of course, but the bulk of my clients are over 40 because they're, they're overwhelmed and they're confused. And often they're very, very, I mean, all women, I think are really busy, but they've got a lot on their plate. And sometimes they're trying to figure out their wardrobe doesn't take top priority until they realize that, you know what, I really will feel better when I show up in a way, wherever I'm going, whether it's casually or business-wise, when I show up in a way that feels, you know, um, like me, that feel where I feel great. And so I help women to be able to figure out how to find the tools that they need in order to be able to assess something as they're shopping. Because we all know how overwhelming it can be to walk into a store and look at something and go, oh, that's kind of pretty. I don't know, does the color look good on me? Does it fit me right? What do I wear it with? What shoes go with this? You know, <laughs> what am I gonna wear over it? I mean, there's like a million questions. And if they don't know how to assess those things, they'll either buy it and think I'll figure it out later or they'll put it back on the rack when actually it might've been a really good option for them. And then they resort to things that are safe and familiar and feel kind of blah. So my job is to mix things up a little bit and get them excited and give them the tools they need to be able to create a wardrobe they love. One of the things that I thought about as you were saying that is so many of us are now shopping online um, now, you also offer a service where you will consult with people online. Uh, do you help people with their wardrobes in that way as well? Yes, I've actually been working virtually for many years because I have clients all over the world. And so some I never meet in person. And when the pandemic hit, it just made me realize even more that what I do and with the the technology that I have, I can, my, I've turned my business almost exclusively virtual for a number of reasons. One, it allows me to be able to work with more people. Two, to be honest with you, you know, I don't know about where you all live, but where I live, five of my go-to stores closed down. I mean, gone. They're not coming back. And shopping in the stores, and there are exceptions to this, particularly pretty nice boutiques and things, um, the stores don't have in them 
the variety and the merchandise that a lot of times we want to buy. Online gives you so many more options. And so, yes, I do. I can do wardrobe consultations with people anywhere because of the technology that I have. And I do a lot of online shopping. Now, the one thing I will tell people right now, if you're, if you're doing online shopping, you cannot wait to buy something these days. If you see it, buy it. It will, it will disappear. And I've had that happen with my clients. I'll, I'll give them some ideas. And if they wait, you know, five days a week to go and look at the things that I give to them, some things are sold out. There's, you know, the whole manufacturing, shipping, all that stuff now is really messed up. So you need to buy what you see now. But I am a, a big proponent of online shopping. I know it means you have to return more stuff. I know it means you sometimes don't know the sizing and all of that, but it gives you so many more options. And once you kind of get to know a line, you can know what size you wear. So online shopping and working online is pretty much what I do now. Yes, as you were speaking, I was thinking about uh, once you know, once you know your client and you know what their likes and, and what they like to wear is, then it makes it a lot easier because you know in the direction that you're going in and you have an idea of what may be great and what may not be because of experience. Exactly true. What I do is, you know, all the tools that I teach my clients when I'm doing online shopping for someone, what I do is I have their picture near me. Even if I've, I have some of my clients I've known for and worked with for 25 years, but I still have their picture near me. So they're right there as if they're standing in front of me. I have their picture there. I have their color palette. So I know exactly what colors I have their inner beauty words. So that's the part of them that describes who they are at a deep level so that I can, everything that I look at, I can assess um, with all of those different tools. And then of course, as you mentioned, I know their likes and dislikes. So if they hate stripes or they're never going to wear animal print or they won't wear anything with a bell sleeve or they hate turtlenecks or whatever it might be, I know that about them. So I'm not going to show those things to them. And, uh, and then I can give them a very personally curated list of items to consider. For sure. Um, in another direction, but kind of in the same direction, I know that you've been vegan for years. How does that play into your choices in wardrobe and accessories? Great question. Um, I, I went vegan 17 years ago, and I did that because I, I hadn't eaten red meat for, well, at this point, over 40 years. And I didn't know. I don't know how I didn't, but I didn't know about veganism. It wasn't as you know, mainstream in a way as it is now. And so I still ate dairy. And when I learned that eating dairy contributed directly to the veal industry, because the male cows, you know, they have to be pregnant in order to give milk. And when they give birth to a baby, male calf gets shipped off to the veal industry. And I was horrified that I was contributing to that because I hadn't eaten any kind of meat in a long time. So I, I went vegan overnight at that point because I, I couldn't justify for me, you know, any of that kind of um, horror that I considered horrible. And, but then I had this moment of panic, like, oh my goodness, I'm an image consultant. I need to look really good. What am I going to wear? And um, because, it, you know, veganism is not just about what you eat. And um, so I took a minute and panicked for about 10 minutes. And I thought, Ginger, you know, get, get a grip here. And let's, let's look at this as an adventure. 
And because when you're vegan, you're not going to wear wool or silk or leather or down or fur or pearls, you know, the, all of those kinds of things, anything that comes from a living being. And, but when I, I looked in my closet, I didn't have much wool. I had had a moth problem. I don't know how that happened, but I had a moth problem at one point. And so most of my wool things got holes in them and I found wool itchy anyway. I didn't have much silk. Silk is a pain in the neck to, you know, take care of. What I did have a lot of was leather, you know, all my shoes and my handbags. And so I started doing some research and I found shoes it was not as easy back then. Now it is, it's pretty easy there. Uh, you know, you go to even a mainstream store now and they have options for you that are man-made or, you know, made out of materials that don't aren't leather. And um, also, you know, leather is not, people think it's, it's natural. It's by the time it's made into leather, it is not natural and it is not environmentally friendly. So there really is no advantage to it. So I just, I did a lot of research and I realized that what I could do is I could show people that they could be vegan and still feel fashionable. They didn't have to wear a gunny sack unless that was their outfit of choice. They did not have to wear that because in order to fulfill their values. And that has been a really exciting part of my, by no means are all of my clients vegan, although I'm getting more and more people come in who are, but um, I can also share the joys of finding a beautiful handbag that's, you know, sustainably made, beautifully made, elegant, and that is not harming animals. So it, it really touches my heart, that part of my business. For sure. Um, with regard to handbags and fabrics, uh, how do you find the, the variety of fabrics, including cottons and models and um, bamboo? For handbags or clothing? For both. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's really a matter of reading labels. And, um, and they're also, just to be honest, if you're looking for a handbag, there are a million companies out there that make just only vegan handbags like Gunis, Gunis the brand, Matt and Nat, Jill Milan, if you want a very high-end uh, handbag, Hosen, GNL Accessories. Those are just a few that that's all, oh, Will's Vegan Store. Uh, it's a UK company, but they ship free to the US. So, you know, all there, and there, I could go on and on. There are so many companies that make vegan handbags, not hard to find at all. In fact, Gunas handbags are sold in Macy's. Um, for clothing, it's really about reading labels, but to be honest with you, there's more of it out there than people think. And particularly now, at least in our hemisphere, we're going into the spring and summer. So we're not dealing with wool or cashmere or um, as much uh, and certainly not fur. And so most things, to be honest with you, I mean, I mean, cotton, linen, modal, tensile, um, the man-made fibers, um, they all are vegan. Even companies that aren't, they aren't necessarily choosing to be vegan, if you will, they still may have mostly vegan options like uh, Nick and Zoe. For the most part, most of their things are vegan friendly. Um, I have, when the pandemic started, I started selling a line of clothing called Cabbie and Cabbie is mostly vegan friendly. So, you know, there's a lot, you can go almost anywhere into almost any store and find things. But if you are concerned about it, 
if you just read the label, because every once in a while, something will have like, you know, 2% wool. I don't know why they do that, but you know, that kind of thing, but just read the labels and it will tell you if it doesn't have wool, silk, leather down or fur in it, then you're usually pretty safe. It's fascinating. Um, (laughs) It's truly fascinating. And I've been doing some research on uh, different fabrications and where they come from. And that to me, I, I started reading about Modell and how it's processed and uh, who knew? Well, you know, the thing about something like Modell, I'll tell you, it's the softest, softest fabric. It's more absorbent than cotton. It's the most amazing thing. When I'm looking for a nightgown, I'm not a pajama wearer. I'm a nightgown wearer, which may be more information than anybody needs. But um, I look for Modal because, oh my gosh, it's so soft. And I just actually bought a pair of jeans that have a little bit of Modal in them. I'm excited to get them to see if they're as comfortable as I suspect they will be. But yes, absolutely. There's some amazing fabrics out there. And that is made, it's a, it's a plant-based, you know, partially um, natural man-made fiber. So it's really, and it tends to be more sustainably made than others. How is the wear quality in a, a fabric made of cotton or Modell um, compared to uh, what are the care issues with different types of natural fabrics and fibers? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm someone who I, I, I take good care of my clothes. I also don't particularly like going to the dry cleaner. So, you know, I want to be able to wash most of my things. And I have found that with pretty much, I would say 98% of my wardrobe, whatever the fabric is, I wash it in cold water. If it's, uh, if I'm worried about it, I put it into a delicate bag and put it in with everything. And then I just don't put things in the dryer. My workout clothes, I put in the dryer. Everything else, I pretty much hang it to dry. Um, you know, I may not do quite as much cotton as some people. I've, in general, don't always find cotton wears as well, or it gets worn a little, or then you have to iron it. <laughs> I don't really like to iron. You know, I will if I have to, but I think we all have to look at what are we willing to do with our clothes. Um, and although if I do have a sweater, like I have a couple of cotton sweaters, to be honest with you, I will often take those to the dry cleaner because I find if somehow, if I put them into the washing machine, even in a delicate bag, they'll pick up little pieces of lint on them. And then I'm like, oh, this looks like a mess. And so if I take it to the dry cleaner, it's all set. But sometimes we also overwash our clothes. So you don't always have to take things like every after every time you wear it or even every two times you wear it. So, you know, you really have to look at the care of clothes before you make a decision because the last thing you want is something that you're not willing to iron or you're not willing to take to the dry cleaner or you're not willing to, you know, wash delicately or I don't wash anything by hand. If it says wash by hand, I put it in a delicate bag and put it in the washing machine. I have never had a problem with it, so. Very interesting and good to know. Uh, I certainly am going to take another look at how I'm cleaning all of my wardrobe. (laughs) So many women have different, we all have different body types. How do you account for that in your consulting? And how do people's concerns uh, show up? Because I know that I always want to wear very, very loose clothing, and I buy sizes that are way too big for me (laughs) because of that. Yeah. 
You know, it's really interesting. The whole body shape thing, I have tried to ignore that. As, not ignore, but not address it as fully as possible because it's a complicated, confusing topic. And But I did just create a class um, about, I call it Dress For You, because I'm a big believer in not looking at your body shape because a lot of the women do as there's something wrong with it. And, you know, I've got to make my hips look smaller or my bust look smaller or my shoulders look bigger or what, I don't know, whatever it might be that we worry about. I'm really about, let's look at your body. Let's see it as a unique part of you. And then let's play. Let's look at how you can emphasize certain parts or, or de-emphasize other parts or, you know, play with, um, style and design based on things like color and line and texture and, you know, all those necklines and sleeves and all those different things that can change the shape of something on your body. And so I, I finally created that class. It's just a go-to on-demand class that people can get because I wanted to take some of the, the mystery out of it, but also some of the negativity out of it as well. And in something like I have a six week class that I've been doing since COVID started, that's been very popular called create your personal style in six weeks. And that class, I do not have a class in there that's specifically on body shapes because it's a very involved topic. And as you mentioned earlier, we all have unique things about our bodies. And so that alone could be a six week class. But what I do is I encourage women to ask questions in the class about their body shape. And, you know, does, does this neckline work for my body shape or, you know, which skirt style, which one of these skirt styles works better with my body or those kinds of things so that I can help them to address what's troubling them or what they want, help them feel more excited in general about their body. I, you know, I believe all women's bodies are beautiful and we also often are measuring ourselves against what we see in celebrities or see in the models in online or, or in um, stores or mannequins, even we measure ourselves against and, or against friends or people we know who have a different body shape from us. And we often seem to come up lacking and that just kind of breaks my heart. So my goal with all of this is to help women feel empowered around their body and feel good about their body and make choices that make them feel beautiful. For sure. Um, and uh, empowered is such a strong word and it's so important these days yeah. um, because many of us have been hiding in yes. so many ways. Yes. Yes, we have. So one of the things that you brought up was style and necklines. And I was thinking about skirt lengths. What do you normally tell people about skirt lengths? Because I know that at one time it was thought that it, it revolved with the stock market, whether it went up <laughs> or down. I think there was, I think that was true before. There, there was a trend at one time that if the stock market went up, the skirts got shorter and then they got longer. That's so funny. You know, when I was growing up and I, you know, I was a teenager in the seventies and um, I remember at least where I lived, it was short skirts, you know, I mean, although we couldn't wear too short to school, but we also, they were short, they were above the knee by, you know, like six, eight, 10 inches. I don't know. And I, I never felt good in that, but that's what was popular. And that was the only 
skirt length that was available, at least for teenagers at the time. And I remember thinking, oh, I wish they did something longer. And then they brought out what they called the midi, which was a little below the knee. I remember trying that one time and thinking, oh my gosh, I look horrible because I didn't know how to make the length work with my body and balance my body vertically. So we, you know, in body shapes, we talk about kind of, if you will, balancing the body horizontally, but there's a way to balance the body vertically as well. And so what I tell people around this is to have their fashion fit formula done. And it's a tool I've been using with my clients since the fashion fit fit formula has existed, which is like 17 or 18 years. And uh, you can find it on my website and I, and you don't have to be near me to do it. I can help people figure out how to measure themselves. But what this does is it tells you what are your best lengths for skirts and tops and three quarter length sleeves and, and several lengths for skirts and your, what's your best mid calf length and, you know, all these jackets and everything so that you don't have to guess at it anymore. That's the thing about fashion is sometimes it feels like, I don't know, should this be two inches longer or shorter And this takes all of the guesswork out of it. And the nice thing about it is it's good for life. You never have to do it again because it's based on your bone structure and your height. So whether you do it when you're 20 or you do it when you're 70 or whenever, it is good from there on. It has nothing to do with your weight. And that way you don't have to guess. Should should my skirt be two inches above my knee, an inch below my knee, seven inches above my knee, whatever, you know, it tells you exactly the best lengths for you. Oh, how interesting. A wonderful tool to have in your wardrobe. Oh, totally. My clients love this tool. Yes. I will have to explore my wardrobe (laughs) and see where I fit in and what I need to change and update for sure. So where can people find you? They can find me at my website, which is totalimageconsultants.com. And then I'm all over social media at, at Ginger Burr, just my name. And I, I have a free Facebook group on, uh, on Facebook, obviously, called Your Total Image with Ginger. So go there. You do have to answer a couple of questions. So I know you're a real person. But once you do that, I let you in. And I share all kinds of little tips and things there. So there's lots of ways that you can find me. Oh, how fascinating. So in your wardrobe, uh, now you've said that when you go out during the day, you always make sure that you're totally collected. Um, (laughs) But what are your favorite shoes to wear? Okay, so this is where I may stray a little from a lot of my clients and and women who are, you know, over 50 or so. Um, I still love heels. And I, I wear heels almost everywhere. Um, so that, you know, whether it's in my boots or my sandals or whatever, I throw on a pair of heels. I, I make sure they're comfortable, at least for me. Maybe not everybody would think they're comfortable. But that's, and my favorite, to be honest with you, one of the things I love about winter is wearing boots. I love a nice fitted, sleek, knee-high boot with a, with a heel on it. And that's my go-to. That's what makes me happy. But I also understand I have a lot of clients who don't wear heels anymore. They want to do flats. What's nice about what's out there in the world right now is you can get anything and have it be pretty, whether it's a flat, anywhere from a flat up to a, you know, four or five inch heel if you want to go up there. So that's what I wear. And you can coordinate that with your outfit as well, no matter what the heel or the flat is. 
Oh, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, in my six week class, I have a whole class on shoes because it gets confusing. <laughs> what do you pair with these, you know, short, these cropped wide leg pants or what do you pair with that skirt or, you know, that you can still walk in, you know? So yeah, it's a, it, the shoe is conundrum is, you know, out there. It's a, it's a problem, but we, we address it. Well, Ginger, it's been a pleasure to have you on the just wanted to ask podcast. And I certainly encourage everyone to go to your website. It's wonderful and find all the tools and, and suggestions that you have. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Anne. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.